All right, this is the first time I'm doing anything like this. This is Bryson Ballard. I've known him for a little over a year. And I, uh, I love talking with people and learning about um, people. And I just, I like listening. And I just, I've always wanted to kind of do something like this where I can sit down and talk with someone about this. Um, and there goes a ball rolling around. <laughs> we already got stuff flying around right as we start. But yeah, this is the first one, first time I'm ever doing anything like this. Um, so yeah, I just, I've always wanted to kind of talk with people and I don't know if this is going to be really boring or interesting for people. It's going to be interesting for just us to look back at yeah. in like a few years or anything like that, but, uh, I'm excited and yeah, this is, this is the right track with Brad. So Bryson Ballard, um, so it recently you just went on a, uh, mission trip. Mission trip. Yeah. Just got back from from uh, Panama City Beach, Florida, um, and it's like eight hours from here. But yeah, it's called Beach Reach. Uh, the goal is that we give van rides to drunk college students that are there for spring break, and we share the gospel with them in that little ten minute van ride. So it was one of the most uh, challenging. Van ride or not van rides, <laughs> most challenging mission trips I've ever been a part of. Like really, feel like it stretched me thin, and from a physical aspect, but also spiritually. Mm -hmm. So because so we're both Christian. We're both in Bowling Green, Kentucky, right now, uh, right by Western Kentucky University's campus. Um, so you've been a Christian most of basically your whole life. You, you've grown up like that. Well, so no. So, so I, I grew up in a Christian home. I didn't become a Christian until oh, okay. about That's, a year ago. Okay, so, gotcha. So, yeah. But, like, you've known, like, the Bible stories. Yeah, yeah. I know all the stories, and I was raised and all that. Church every Sunday, church every Wednesday, homeschooled, the whole deal. Okay, because for me, like, when I grow up, like, I believed in God, and I would pray, but I didn't, like, like, I would go to church with my family. I didn't really know what was going on. And then once I was, like, 10 or 11, we kind of uh, stopped going as often. So... Um, like I didn't, I didn't even read the Bible until a year ago, and that's basically when I met you, um, and everything. But um, so yeah, so tell me more about like beach reach and how that actually went. Like, like what was like a typical day? Because this yeah. is not this evangelism, sharing the word of God. Tell me about like how that actually went. What were like things that you liked about it, and what were the hard the hardships that you were talking about? Yeah. Uh, so I kind of oh, I'll just run you through the schedule. Uh, yeah. So like. You know, you, you would wake up typically around, like, 10 a.m. I think it was with wake-up time. Like, it wasn't mandatory for you wake but, like, that's when everybody, the sun is so bright there. Yeah. Everyone's just waking up. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's Florida. Dude. It's yeah, really nice. So. Right. So, we're all kind of waking up at, like, 10 a.m., 10.30. Um, and, you know, we eat breakfast, and we'll all kind of chit-chat a little bit, and we'll make plans for the day. So, somebody wants to go shopping, right? We'll be like, okay, this van with these people, we're going to go shopping. If you guys want to go, go with them. If you guys want to go to the beach, these people are going to the beach. And Someone's kind of doing their own thing, right? Everyone's now. really, like, during the day, everyone, is, it's their free time. They can do whatever they want. And these are all the college kids, or is this the leader, too? Like, is there, like, who's, like, leading this? So, so me, Noah Pike, and... Even kidding or leading this, and this is not this is not for 
everybody as a whole. This is for WKU BCU. Okay, okay. Our team. So, so yeah. Um, that's how I did with People would just kind of do what they want. It's their free time. Mm-hmm. They want to just stay home and sleep all day. They could do it. Yeah. So, so yeah. Then, five o'clock, dinner. You got like an hour, and then just worship at, um, like, well, I think you got two hours. So you like worship at seven. So we go, and you'd be there till about 8.30, 8.45-ish. Okay. All right. Um, so we, yeah, this is a nighttime thing. Like this is a nighttime thing. Like, like your evangelism and sharing like, God's word. This is this is only at night. Like yeah, primarily. Yeah. Okay. And like this is the first time I've ever done anything like this. Like like believe me, like it was. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, new experience because I'm gonna be most active at night instead of the day. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like that whole nocturnal sort of. Yeah. Thing. I'll never sh- share the gospel with somebody at nighttime. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so worship at from like seven to eight forty-five ish, and then you get back for like thirty minutes. You know, everybody uses the bathroom and everything. And nine o'clock, you hit the streets. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, well, some people would. So there's a prayer room, and there's street teams and van rides. So each person gets assigned their responsibilities. Mm-hmm. I was mostly on vans, so driving the vans. Did um, you like that? Like, was that like what you would prefer? Um, I preferred the street teams, and that's where, like, literally, we would just walk the streets and hand out these cards mm-hmm. and, and and go right into the gospel. Yeah. We'd be like, do you know why we're giving you these free van ride cards or these these rides? And they were like, no, what are you, what's the, the point of this? We want to tell you about Jesus. Yeah. And, and then, like... <laughs> They're in. They got to So, like, drunk people, surprisingly, actually are pretty good listeners, I think, from my experience. Some of them. Not all of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, everyone's going to react differently. I yeah. Assume. But, man, great conversations and, and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you ask, you know, what the most challenging part was. For me, uh, we met this girl named... Caroline, and we, we honestly, we met a couple people with this story of losing people, you know, to death, you know, people dying, or or everything in their life just goes wrong, and then the people that are doing bad things, like, their lives look good. And so, um, we had this one lady, this one girl, and she said that you know, she went to church her whole life, but then like seven of her best friends died, and her parents were getting divorced, and the church just shunned her away. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "God's just is up there laughing at me, giving me the middle finger." Like he's against you. Yeah. yeah. And like that, the intensity of that lostness burdened my heart, and it, it like it it broke my heart in pieces to see that, to think that to her. God's just a guy that they're laughing. That doesn't love us. That doesn't care. He's just having a good time yeah. orchestrating all the events of the world. And and so dealing with those realities and really just the ultimate level of depravity that we saw there was was a challenging part. And the only thing I, I really knew how to do was was pray. Like because I would be driving mm-hmm. uh, and I would have Molly or Ethan or whoever having the, the conversations. That's how the that's how the van's set up. Yeah. And so like while I'm driving, you know, I have to keep my eyes open, obviously, but like 
I'm also just praying the entire time. Yeah, yeah. And and so yeah, like just like the spiritually, it really I've, takes a toll on you in a good kind of way though. Like it tests you mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, I think what's really interesting about like what you're doing is that like not only is it like you're taking the opportunity to like share the gospel with people, but like as Christians, like it's really hard to not push our own beliefs onto other people in the wrong way. Yeah. And um, well, what's interesting is that like we're reaching people who have their lifestyles are so like broken that most of the people we're meeting are so like struggling and in sin and all this that they they might not hear the gospel in any other um, like time in their daily life. Yeah. Because I mean, I'm not saying they they do whatever they're doing that day like all the time, but in the sense of like it's you can see that it is in their lifestyle or assume that it is, and you just don't know what the rest of their life is like. And, um, but you can kind of see that it might make an impression on that that is what most of life is. And they're, they're probably not hearing the gospel from anyone. So even though they are in the state they are and maybe drunk or like on, on drugs, um, that like through prayer and then actually evangelizing like through, through that, um, is going to help in some way. Like you're, we're definitely, definitely reaching out, um, even if they are not like fully sober to like take yeah. it and like at least share yeah. it is gonna do something like yeah. it's definitely um like the right sense but um again like we don't want to push it on to other people like while while it is something that we believe but we also want to um care about them because like, like yeah. you said like you, you were like brokenhearted to hear like a story like that um because they just don't have jesus and they know that our life has been changed so much um yeah that, that was just one thing i was going to say about that yeah um, yeah well, and so, like, playing into that, like, like you said, like, um, that was a big part of it. That was another part that was challenging for me was, like, it, it tested my faith and my belief that God can save anybody whom he chooses to save. And, like, for a while, like, the first few days, you know, I, I saw people drunk and, and stuff, and I was like, there's no way... This is gonna break through them. There's no way this is gonna click for them. And, and like God proved me wrong. Yeah. And, and I'm thankful for yeah. that. Like yeah. like I know a lot of times like we're we're human, we don't want to be wrong. We don't want to admit when we're mm-hmm. wrong. But like at the end of the week, I was like, Thank God for proving me wrong. Yeah. Yeah. We saw I think it, the final number was one hundred and sixteen salvations. And that, that was the, the whole trip. Like, the whole week. That's not just yeah. WKU BCM what we did. That was that's just there's, there's other BCMs oh, okay. as well. Yeah, yeah. But like that yeah. entire week, 116. That was really cool. I, I didn't even know that thing. And yeah, it insane, man. And like talk about like, going in there and thinking, no one's probably gonna care about what we're doing. Mm-hmm. They're probably just grateful mm-hmm. for the ride because we're keeping them alive. Yeah, and I, I have that same, sorry, you can keep going in a second, but um, I have that same, uh, like, unintentional partiality where you'll you're kind of be, like, praying with someone or, or like, wanting to pray for someone and, uh, like, talking to someone about Jesus and you'll just kind of be like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm saying all this stuff, but I feel like they're not going to take this in. They're just yeah. going to move on. But it's, again, it's like, it, I'm, I'm not the one changing their heart. Yeah. It's, it's God is the one who's going to yeah. change their heart and can hopefully have them seek out Jesus and want to learn um, more about this. So I have to remember that the power of prayer works in like crazy ways and that it's not, it's, it's not me trying to change them. It's me wanting to help them. Yeah. Um, and that 
uh, even if I can't see it in someone, thinking they're not going to change, it's um, it's not on us. It's not on us. So yeah, it's just really cool. Um, and so like we had a, like halfway through the week, our team was kind of like discouraged, and we had some some a little bit a little bit conflict. I feel like came in a little bit, and I, I said it to them, but like I was saying it for me because like yeah. I needed to hear it, <laughs> which is funny, like because sometimes. God gives you the words to say to other people. And like you take a step back and you realize, that was for me as much as it was for them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm the one saying it. But but um, I told him, I was like, guys, we don't have the power to save. Only God has the authority. All we're, all we're here to do is plant seeds. God will. Yeah. And remembering that is always kind of difficult because you do sometimes think it's like, I can do this. But yeah. it's not you. So. It's humbling, man. It's really, yeah. really humbling. This, this trip is, is really humbling and... Mm-hmm. Man, I can't wait to take it and put it in the, the things I've learned and put them into practice on campus. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I'm really glad I got to do a trip like that because I want to do some sort of thing for the summer to to do that as well, kind of get out of my comfort zone and get into another yeah. situation. So I'm glad that you were able to do that too. Um, but kind of going back to like how how like you grew up, like we we have definitely ha- have had different lives in terms of um, like where we've been in the United States our path of education and of course like um following Christ essentially is kind of similar in the last year. Um but you you were homeschooled, right? Like the whole Yeah. Time. I was homeschooled my entire life. There was like there was like two years where I went to a private Christian school. Yeah. So that like but it's only two years, you know. So one were those two years? Fourth grade and fifth grade. And then it just And then we went back to homeschool. So was, this your, was it like your parents or is it just your mom was teaching you or how does that work? Well, so homeschool, my mom t- taught me. Oh, okay. yes. Okay. Um, so, and then, but that Christian school was at the church that we went to. Hmm. So, yeah. So, so you were involved in, in the church a, a lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Man, like church was a, a huge part of my life. Like we were there Wednesday, we were there Sunday, we were there Sunday night. We were there for VBS. All the events that happened throughout the year, mm-hmm. we were there, dude. I, I can't remember, except maybe like three times where we missed one. Okay, so you're, you're pretty involved with this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but well, for me, I, I've gone to public school my whole life. I'm going to Western Kentucky right now for college. You don't go to, for college. Um, would you, like, would you have it have done it any differently like would you wanted to have tried public school or because like for me like I hear everyone who I talk to about homeschooling they're like oh yeah I love that I mean I let my kids do that and then for me I'm like okay well I really enjoyed public school I want like I might want my kids to do that or I would like like I wish someone or I wish um the homeschool people I do know like could have had experience with public school but then they're like no I, I like that um do you think a lot of it is because of whatever like you're in that's what you're gonna support more because that that's what that's what i'm kind of seeing but what do you think, <laughs> well, what do you think? just however yeah you think that. um man so that's like a it's a kind of a, a a big kind of question but um so here's the thing like growing up homeschool what i would change about it is like the social aspect of it. I didn't have, my only friends were the ones that went to my church. Mm-hmm. And even then, like, 
there's this weird dynamic, and it's not intentional, where public schoolers kind of look at homeschoolers like we're not as smart. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, hold up now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, so, sorry, one more. I think I think a big stereotype is that they're not social. I think that is like a big thing, and that they're not going to be social leading on because I haven't had that. Yeah, yeah. And so that like that's one part of the homeschool life that I think is really negative, and I wish we could change. Just like the social aspect of it, um, but also like it, it feels like homeschoolers. Like once we grow up, it feels like we always have to prove ourselves. Mm-hmm. To people that were in public school their whole life. Mm-hmm. It's not intentional. Like, no one actually intends to make somebody feel that way. But it just kind of happens. And so, as to like whether or not I would homeschool my kids or public school them, my thing with public school now is like, one, you have school shootings. Um, you also have the fact that, like, most people that go there, they're just doing things that are not good for them. Drugs, alcohol, or sex, whatever it is. You're definitely around people that aren't, um, like, living, like, the right lifestyle. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so, because, like, once I get to the point that I have kids and all that, I want them to not have, like, my faith. I want to put my faith on them. I want them to grow and know Jesus personally. Right. But also, I don't want them around that. I don't want them around that that, that stuff. Yeah. And, and as a parent, I think it's your job to keep them safe from that. That's true. And just like me, like as a rebuttal, like as a public, uh, a public school kid, um, I feel like having that that struggle just a part of growing up, like dealing with other people, maybe dealing with like bullying or um, just like whatever's coming their way. Um, I know you can still get the same benefits from homeschool, like I know there's a lot of homeschool people that are in uh, involved with different things, uh, like with clubs and yeah. sports and stuff. But um, like even even though I wasn't fully living, like walking with God during like junior high, high school, and you know elementary school, um, I still feel like it's worth to have the the diversity, of, like the different people you're going to interact with. Yeah. Um, but again, that's that's probably mostly because I'm like biased to just kind of having that, um, just having that that thing, mm-hmm. of, or having I don't want to say platform, but like having that like opportunity to be um, in in a public school. Do you have anything to say like for that, for like like the diversity that you're gonna face? Like, do you think it's worth it? Like, I, I feel like it kind of is just because there's gonna be difficulty in life that you'll face anyway and kind of learning yeah. early helps I'm not saying it's like killing their like mood or their enjoyment but like um, dealing with different people yeah kind of helps yeah. what do you think well there's so that's where like the flip side and that's where I have a, a difficulty because I feel like because I was homeschooled when I moved out of the house it was like the whole world just came at me and I was like yeah. overwhelmed because like, I yeah. never been in that before. And what age was that when you when you left? Was Seventeen. Yes. Yeah, so, okay. So it's basically like when you're an adult. Like yeah. Yes. Yeah. All in your own. Yeah. You lived on your own. At that, that point, you lived on your own at that point. Yeah. Okay, yeah. 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 And so like, um, that's one part that where I, where I'm like, well, maybe it would be good to put a kid through homeschool or to public school because at least then they have they learn how how to deal with that. 
yeah, yeah. over the course of their life rather than all at once in like a year. Mm-hmm. You know, but I don't know. Man. There's yeah, there's there's two sides of the the coin there, and I think it wherever way you go is not really bad. Yeah, know? yeah. Um, it's just interesting because I I don't know that many homeschool people back home because I'm just around like the public school people. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. I I don't. I've tried to look for this. I don't think I agree with that stereotype of like they're less social than anybody else. I think there's just a lot of people that um, that might think that, but I I know I'm not seeing it. I I know a lot of homeschooled people here, um, and uh, yeah, it's just interesting just kind of looking at it from yeah like, point of view because um, I don't know I don't know how like my life would have looked if I was um, homeschooled. I just I don't know what that would be. Um, uh, that's pretty interesting. So, how did that affect, uh, like, with you guys, like, moving around? Because I know you were you were born in Atlanta. I was born in Augusta, Georgia. So everyone always says Atlanta. Um, they're, both, <laughs> they're both A's. They both yeah, they both have A's, and they both end with A. Um, so no, I was, I was born in Augusta, Georgia. Uh, I was in the military home, so we moved around a lot. Uh, so from Augusta, we moved to Daytona. Uh, from Daytona, Florida, we moved to. I think it was like Murray, Kentucky. I've lived in Fort Knox, uh, Louisville, and then Shelbyville, uh, and then in recent years here. But uh, um, so all over Kentucky. All over, all over Kentucky. Lots of places in Kentucky. But um, yeah. So the thing that, that that's great about the homeschool is it makes that really easy. You don't get attached to people. Yeah, you don't have to leave them. That, that is actually a perk. <laughs> yeah. Unless like your church people. Like that was yeah, hard. Okay. But like we didn't have to worry about leaving the friends at school. We didn't have those. Mm-hmm. You know? So mm-hmm. it makes that part super easy. When you like when you it, it gives the wonder and the, the thrill of moving somewhere new. You know, because you're like, mm-hmm. let's go. I get to dive into something new. Yeah. Yeah. Like, for me, I never moved, so I was in the same school, so I always had those group of friends, but I can see where someone moving and then going to a public school again is, like, that's got to be, like... Tough. Like, that's just... that's just, It's, just, it's going to be tough. I mean, there's no way that it just can't be. I've heard that for a lot of kids that, I mean, and students I've met with here recently, like, um, growing up and moving public schools and always having to change your friend group is, like, mentally really hard. And I feel like mm-hmm. it... it Makes you grow, grow up a little faster than you should. There, there is some wisdom in like helping keep helping kids keep their like their innocence and stay young. Like mm-hmm. I, I feel like like yeah, you do need to help them see the world. You need do you need to help them see some realities. But like also keep them a kid, keep them young and, mm-hmm. and full of wonder and thrill for life. And when you're always moving around and you're always kind of experiencing heartbreak, heartbreak in a way ages you. It makes you grow up. And so like, yeah. Yeah, you're just kind of learning the, the tragedies of life like early on. Yeah, yeah. So I agree with that. I can see that for sure. Um, yeah, I've, I've always lived in the suburbs of Chicago. So uh, I wouldn't say coming here and like living here was like a huge like culture shock as people would like to use that term yeah. like, like no, it's, not, it's not like crazy different um 
it, it's definitely different, but not in the sense where like, I can't adapt or anything. Um, yeah. But I definitely miss, I miss all the, like the four seasons. Um, I still go home for like winter break and, and stuff. So I, I still um, like see my family and it's, that's, that's not like an issue, but in the sense of um, like, I like having all four seasons like all the time, but here it's like the weather's so up and down and it doesn't really snow here that, that often. I don't, yeah. I, I don't think I, I don't think I like that, <laughs> uh, but I know you hate the cold. <laughs> yeah, being, being from the South, I despise it cold. But I'm like you, though. Like, I love snow. Okay. When, okay. when snow hits the ground, it's like, let's go out there and play. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, there's so many fun, like, we always, like, so many people in Kentucky, I feel like um, when it snows, they, they just go inside and stay inside. It's like, God, it's like, go. like, no, like, that's your time to go out. That's the time to go out. Yeah, yeah I yeah. agree. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, like sledding and snowboarding. Not, not snowboarding, but like I'll stand on my sled and just like go down like a yeah. Like, we do that. That's fun stuff. Yeah, and, and I can see how like if you're from here and you don't have snow a lot, you're like I would take like the opportunity to go do that. Um, even though they probably don't have like <laughs> sleds and stuff to use, I don't know. But I feel like if you if you're down here and you don't like have that weather. I feel like you would want to go outside and kind of experience that. Um, that's one thing I've always kind of wondered about, like when it's Christmas time and people in like California and Texas and like Florida, like all those warm states, like, does it really feel like Christmas? Like, cause like for me, <laughs> I like, it always felt like Christmas time because of the weather and the snow yeah. and like, it really felt like it was the holidays. But like when I'd be down here for the first couple weeks of December, like I'm like, it doesn't really feel like Christmas. And then I go back home and it does because like for one, just nostalgia, like you're with your family, you're, it's my home yeah. location. But when I'm here, it doesn't really feel like it's, it's the holidays. Um, yeah, man. So like, it's funny how like you said it because like the past two years, it's been like super warm on Christmas day. Yeah. And you're right. Like I feel like part of Christmas is like waking or at least the vibe of Christmas is like waking up, it's cold outside and you have a fire going mm-hmm. because like. There were some years here in Kentucky where it was really cold, and that's what would happen. And that just, just, just like, you get that full, cozy, family Christmas vibe. Yeah. So sweet and awesome. And, like, here, like, the past two years, it's been warm. It's like, what the heck? It doesn't feel like it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, what was I going to say? I was going to say something about, oh, yeah, um, just, like, real quick, like, Christmas music, when do you think is the best time to start? And I guess I think it would be you stop listening after Christmas Day. But when is it too early and too late to start listening to Christmas music? Because I have an answer that <laughs> I stand by. So I'm going to see. Yeah. Like, I'm like, what are you thinking? <laughs> I love this question. All right. Um, so every year I start Christmas music after Halloween. After Halloween, I think is when it's Halloween. Halloween. Not Thanksgiving. Not Thanksgiving. After Halloween, no, no. After Halloween, I'm ready to start the Christmas music, and I end it after New Year's Day. Okay, okay, I I can respect that a little bit more. That makes a little more sense because it's still that. But but then it doesn't feel like Thanksgiving. (laughs) Then you don't get the the Thanksgiving vibe. What do you think about that though? Does Thanksgiving really have a vibe though? It it just I mean it's similar to the Halloween where it's like. Uh, like the leaves and you know it's fall you're not really thinking about snow yet um at least like from my experience um 
I feel like I'm skipping over that. Hmm. I mean, that's, that's, that's fair. That's fair. But, like, <laughs> you don't have Thanksgiving music. There is Halloween music. And then there's no that's Thanksgiving music. That, that's a good that's You a good jump point. right into the... I feel like... That's a long time. Two months of the year? Yeah. But, but hear, hear me out, though. I feel like Thanksgiving is pre-Christmas. You're, you're thankful for what you have. Okay. You're not, you're not okay. receiving gifts like you do in Christmas. Mm-hmm. You're thankful for what you have. And that kind of prepares you for Christmas, I feel like. You know? Does that make sense? I, I agree with that. And that's, but for me, that's why I would say you start Christmas music day after Thanksgiving. So that, that's my reasoning. Like, you know, Halloween, that's its own section. Thanksgiving, that's its own section. And then after Thanksgiving, you got the Christmas music. That's like Christmas time. Interesting. Yeah, so I, I put Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's Day on one big bunch. That is so crazy. But you know what, though? You have this longer extended holiday season, mm-hmm. and it's awesome. Because like the whole, yeah. that whole November all the way to January 1st mm-hmm. is just like happy, cheerful, joyful vibes. And it's, okay, that makes it's, sense. it's great. That makes sense. It's great. The longer I, holiday season is, kind of, is, is cool. Okay, yeah. I mean, I can see that. I, I, I can't rock with it, but I, <laughs> I understand where you're coming from. You defended your point. I like it. Okay, um, just to kind of end and wrap up, what has God been teaching you in your life? Yeah. Um, so, I feel like the big thing is, like, there's so many things, but the big thing is, is surrender, dying to self, which is a big kind of concept. concept. But, um, just knowing that, like, all these dreams, these goals, these aspirations, these hopes that I have, like, at the end of the day, those rest in God's hands, whether they are fulfilled or not. And anyways, yeah. whether they are or aren't, is not the point of life. The point of life is the glory of God. Mm. And if I'm not living for that, then you know, I, it's just kind of it speaks for itself and says that you've chosen something other than God. And so. Learn how to let all that go and just be like, my life is for Jesus and his glory alone. And everything that comes after that is second place. Yeah. If that's where I need to be, is in that spot. Yeah, so. It, it's a challenge. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, personally, I think that's like a daily, not, not I wouldn't say daily, but it's like a constant like struggle to kind of think like, am I, is my head in the right spot in in this, and uh, I, always, I use this all the time. One of my friends uh, back home actually uh, gave me this this idea on how to kind of look at um, like having like God in your life. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people kind of look at uh, like Christianity as an addition to your life, um, and you can look at it as like a solar system where it's just another planet. Like so, for me, like I have running, uh, piano. Uh, uh, like other things going on, school, and you could see uh, like Christianity is just another like added thing, or like God is just an added yeah. thing. But instead, we should be looking at it as like God is the center, so like the sun, I guess, yeah. um, and then everything else is revolving around it. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of like that. I know yeah. that's it's, it's like it's like a simple like demonstration, but um, that's one way that kind of helps me remember that I, I don't want to just add him to my life, but actually make him like my life. 
Yeah. That, that's where I've been building from. That's good. So, yeah. That's good. I like, I like the way you phrased that. That's, yeah. That's what it can teach me how to do. It's like, in my prayers every night, uh, I kind of end it with God gave me the strength to let go. Which, dude, so hard. Because we want to hold life like this. Mm-hmm. Our plans and all that. Yeah. And we, just, we need to just feel like this. God, this is yours. It's not mine. And so... I always, I always go back to James, uh, James four thirteen, uh, talking about like don't uh, don't worry about tomorrow. Essentially, um, th- there's another one in, in Philippians. I think it's Matthew. Well, well, okay. Well, this one I know is James, uh, James four. But there's another one in Philippians that's saying like uh, don't uh, don't be anxious about tomorrow and give like all your Thanksgiving to God. Um, I'm paraphrasing, obviously, but um, in in James four thirteen, that little passage is talking about. Like, you're only going to be here for a little bit, and yeah. you're making all these plans, but you have to let the Lord, like, will, yeah. like, like the Lord's will is what is actually going to happen, and you just have to put your trust in Him first for that. What is the Matthew one you're talking about? I think it's, it's do you not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow we'll worry about itself. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, that is a really good one. Yeah. <laughs> it's saying, like, don't worry about, like, the clothes or what you, what you yeah. eat, like, that one. If, if like, there, and there's a couple of examples, illustrations he uses, like, he knows all the number, the number of hairs on yeah. his head. Or if even the sparrow, like, the, the they two, don't know. The two cents for the sparrow one? I think so. Something like that, yeah. But, like, there's, he uses all these illustrations, and it all points to one big point. Like, mm-hmm. our life is it's not even ours to worry about. Like, we, dude, our generation has the biggest problem with anxiety, and we don't have to. Yeah. We don't it's have like, to bro, have we got it right here, man. Yeah, we have the answer to it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's what is really crazy. Um, I mean, I, I could talk all day about that, but uh, thanks for taking the time to be here for the first the first podcast of me. Thank you. Thank um, you. Every time I go back home, Bryson would send me some like podcasts because it's a long <laughs> drive home, and I'd be like, man, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know what to like listen to. Just send me something that you got like like on your hand, and just like send them over. And so that's why it's really cool that you could be the first person that uh, to kind of be here for this because. I don't know what this is going to turn into. I don't know what it's going to be. Yeah. But I just, I want to just like talk with people and just share it. Yeah, dude, that, that's so awesome. Yeah. Um, thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Handshake to end it like yeah. that. Yeah, let's go. Peace out. That's cool. <laughs> that's awesome, bro.